Hi, my name is Domina Quelliazzi. I'm a visual and performance artist from Massachusetts. I'm here today in my studio talking about my work, which involves my lived experience with cystic fibrosis and my experience with tra lung transplant. I explore different aspects of disability and chronic illness, social relationships, and the domestication of illness. The, I use a lot of materials that you can be found in the hospital, like hospital gowns, masks and gloves, IV bags, and also other materials that have a high sense of emotional energy. Things like moving blankets, mylar balloons that say get well, get well soon. Uh, like the ways that we interact with illness ourselves and our support systems. The way I got started making art was actually, uh, I don't know if it's cliche or not, but I was in the hospital. I was in my early teens, having been hospitalized very often for, you know, a lot of CF lung exacerbations with cystic fibrosis. So I was spending a lot of time in the hospital, starting from when I was about three or four years old. And so art making was always a way that I used to pass time and relate to my experience with my body, which was already kind of this um, weird intimacy that I, I kind of felt what was going on, but I didn't intellectualize exactly what was happening. So art was a way of kind of processing that and uh, a way for me to communicate what I was going through. And when I was in the hospital this one specific time in my early teens, I think maybe 14 or 15, I was watching PBS one afternoon. All my friends were at school. I was in the hospital and Bob Ross came on the TV and I just was like, oh, this is really interesting. And that's how I actually started painting. Before that, it was mostly just drawing and coloring. And so I, I asked my mom for some paint and some some paper. And I, at the time she brought oil paints with construction paper, which you find out very quick, quickly, the oil just kind of eats up the paper. So I was left with like basically a mess on my, you know, my little side table that rolls across your lap. And so I had oil paint all over that and the paper disintegrated over a few, a few hours of trying to paint, but that's kind of how I started evolved that to use starting to use um, canvas panels and things like that. But I would just follow along with what he was painting and I really just started exploring the the material itself, the the paint and the color and how you you layer those colors. And that kind of got me started in, in this journey of trying to merge my lived experience with chronic illness and disability and art making. Yeah, so throughout the years, I really wanted to explore those things that I was going through and, and put it into the work. So naturally, there there is a wide range of emotion and um, intensity in the work. So, and that's one of the things that I, I talk about a lot with, with, my, with people that are viewing my work because they can see a range of playfulness and in, in, in humor, dark humor specifically, but also those moments of, of joy and inspiration. And then the other end of the spectrum, um, desperation and um, intensity, dealing with things like coughing up blood and how that in some ways can be very demoralizing. So 
and the one specific piece I'm thinking about, I was in undergrad and I was getting ready to do my painting final for, um, for my minor. I was a sociology major with painting minor and I started coughing up a tremendous amount of blood. So I had to go into the hospital for a period of time to figure out why that was. And to, uh, and so I missed my painting final. And when I came back, you know, I got a, I got an extension to to finish the project I was working on, but in that, in the course of a couple of weeks, I completely changed what I was painting, and I made this painting called "Laughing and Suffering," um, and it's like very dark and kind of ominous piece. But it was like a an exploration into the disappointment that a chronic illness is. You know, it's always uh, a the the sense of disappointment is always kind of looming there. You're no matter how joyful or how high that experience can get at, you know, the very next moment you, you could be coughing up blood. So this piece laughing and suffering kind of really, uh, that's one of the first pieces in my, in my career, in my art journey that I really tried to start exploring those themes. Yeah. The idea about the idea of what my, my target audience is, is, is an interesting question that I actually think about often um, for one, I, I would say my audience is myself because I want to try to see how I synthesize the ideas, uh, com the combination of the concept and the the materiality of of what I'm thinking about, um, and, and it's just kind of for me to to see how that manifests, right? So that's number one. But then number two, um, I think about other artists that are making work in the uh, disability and chronic illness space, what they're doing, the conversations they're having. So I try to think about the dialogue, the work that I'm making in dialogue with their work as a larger conversation that people can access and um, use. And then the the third is like a, a larger general audience where my style of art making is a way to find language to an experience that is very hard to put language to. And that's kind of why I use art. Because how do I express to someone what it's like to have failing lungs? Or the fact that I miss out on things because I'm in the hospital. The, 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 the way in which I process when I was younger, the fact that doctors were talking about life expectancy and, you know, not thinking about making it to college or not thinking about a career I'd have. And how do you process those kind of darker themes and darker concepts that are really hard to explain to someone in a way verbally? So for me or, or um, through words, right, through writing or, or talking. And so the way I use art making and the audiences that I'm seeking out are ways to put new language, a combination of written, verbal, and visual language, or movement language, or sound, whatever it may be. Um, just trying to find the best visual way, um, artistic way to create these different conversations. One of the things that surprised, surprises me continually, it's not just one specific surprise, but th this idea uh, of um, 
following the medium in terms of what's going to create the most impactful way to present an idea. And that kind of started for me around the time I was getting listed for, for transplant in 2010, 11, 12. And my, my health was really declining pretty fast. Um, I was having more and more hospitalizations. And so that was the time my, my CF team started bringing up the idea of lung transplant. My health was getting, my health was getting very debilitating and the, um, the amount of support I needed was, was rising. So, uh, being physically unable to make larger paintings or the, the, the phys physical rigor of the, my, the, my studio practice up until that point, creating paintings, you know, you make the wood stretchers, you stretch the canvas, you gesso, it's, it's pretty physically intensive, um, in terms of an art making process. And so I wasn't able to physically do that anymore. So I, but I, you know, obviously still wanted to make art and still wanted to communicate the ideas I wanted to. And so the, the surprising notion of all that was how I, I reacted to the, the, to the limitations that, I, that my health was, was now um, providing me and, and seeking other ways to make art. And that was kind of venturing into performance art and using my body firsthand specifically to create the the message or the the artwork and that kind of started to spread into recording videos to make video art and things that no, no not necessarily needed a live audience but were more performative so i started using my body in most of my work from about 2011 to 2016 that was the you know my transplant years i call it it was the three years i was on the waiting list to the time in 2015 where I actually got my lung transplant and then about a year after in the recovery. So I was doing a lot of performance and video artwork in that, in that sense. But that, you know, and the surprising aspect of that is because I always love painting and drawing and that's kind of how I grew up as an artist. And I think very much in two-dimensional painting uh, language and to, to translate those ideas into three-dimensional performance type spaces um, was really exciting for me, very interesting. And I think the work that came out of that period, like one specific one in 2013 called Vest Sessions, where I was thinking about these private moments of, of doing my treatments, the vest and the nebulizer and the hypertonic saline, <clears throat> where it was like, I, I kind of removed myself from my uh, my my public or semi-public life and into these private zones and did the treatments by myself and you know in in isolation like in, in people that have chronic illness and especially like cystic fibrosis and things we we know this like it's a very isolating disease right it, there's the six feet rule you can't even spend time with other cf patients in person and um, so this idea of private space, I wanted to challenge that. And so I brought my vest and the nebulizers into public space. And I, I did my vest treatments in uh, on a public sidewalk in Los Angeles. Um, and so the vest sessions was one of the performances along with, um, urban light IV pole, where I infused, uh, home IVs, tobramycin, um, in a public space at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art 
at this famous urban lights sculpture by Chris Burden, um, where I used one of the lights. It's this big, beautiful light. There's um, uh, 200 or 360, 260 light poles uh, in an arranged space. And I turned one of those into an IV pole by infusing my medication there right on the sidewalk. And so those are some performances that kind of, you know, those, those surprised me. And then I, you know, kind of opened up a new avenue to different ideas that I could synthesize. As when, when you're born with a chronic illness, a, a disease like cystic fibrosis, your identity is so tied up in that label, that thing, that issue. And so I think art for me, just on a very personal level, has been a, an exploration and an attempt to kind of forge my own identity that is not related to CF. And I know that sounds funny because most of the work I make is about chronic illness and cystic fibrosis. But like I mentioned in one of the other questions that we've been discussing, it's like, it's, it's a way for me to create my own language around the disease and what, how the disease impacts me specifically. So for me, it's like art is taking agency over something that a lot of times you don't have any choice in the matter. You don't have, you, you know, I, I remember watching, you know, I was 12 years old watching Sleepless in Seattle and all of a sudden I coughed and I was like very watery in my mouth and I went to the bathroom and I spit into the trash and it was just completely blood red. And it, my lungs were just hemorrhaging, like on a random night watching a movie with my family. And so like, that's just an instance where you, you actually, you have no choice in the matter when the disease is going to decide to do what it's going to do. And so a lot of times for me, art was a, a way to reclaim and recapture uh, specific instances where I could take control of something. I could decide the meaning on something and I could share an experience or create community with myself and other other people, viewers. And it was a way to a lot of times talk about CF, but not talk about CF. It was talk about art or talk about what I was going through on art terms, on my own terms, rather than, you know, a conversation that was being had without my input. So that's kind of where art stands for me. Um, yeah.